Welcome to Vicious Talk with Benny P. My name is Ben Perez. Today, we're here to talk about all things fantasy football. 10 tips to help you win your league, undervalued players, biggest trends to monitor this season, evaluations, and more. If you're playing fantasy football this season, you'll want to listen to this episode of Vicious Talk. And you'll want to continue to listen to Vicious Talk with Benny P and read all the content on all things analysis throughout the season because we'll give you the edge you need to win your fantasy leagues. And I say we, because without further ado, cute Chicago Bulls theme song. At home, coming live from his living room, my good friend and co-host, the man whose friends call Big Sexy. He is all things analysis, and his name is Connor Larson. What's up, world? What's up, America? And what's poppin', Benny? <laughs> what's up? What's up, Connor? Dude, it's great to be here tonight. It's great to be alive, man. I'm happy to look at you in the face and talk to you right now. <laughs> That was fun. All right, buddy. We're here on Vicious Talk with Benny P. This is kind of our uh, first big episode. We're, we're bringing our comeback of Vicious Talk, and uh, we're, we're launching it under, under the umbrella of all things analysis, uh, uh, really a, a genius idea generated within your own head, uh, <laughs> an idea that we, you roped a couple people into, you roped myself into. And, oh, yeah. Uh, we're excited I gotcha. to get going. We're excited to get going on this podcast specifically because not only is this the, the launch of all things analysis, it's also the launch of two, one thing that we really, really love, and it's fantasy football. Absolutely, man. I, I can't wait to have all things analysis go live. I'm really excited about the talent we have working on the website. Uh, you and your vicious pod has a great history and we're, we're really glad to have it under the umbrella of all things analysis now. And I can't wait to talk about football, man. It's been so long since we've had some live sports. You know, we have the NBA playoffs now and that really got a taste for uh, for some live sports for me. But it, it doesn't compare to the NFL, what, what that energy brings, especially with fantasy sports. Well said, well said, Connor. Um, looking forward to a, a really interesting fantasy football season coming up. And, and we're here to talk about a number of different topics. And um, just kind of before we start, I think that we should kind of introduce ourselves in, in, in terms of why are we talking about fantasy football? Why should people listen to us? You know, like, who's this Joe Schmo? When, why should I listen to him in terms of the decisions I'm making for my fantasy football season? So, Connor, kind of tell us, what your what your experiences in fantasy football have been uh tell us what what made you start why do you love football who are your favorite teams um and tell us kind of how long you've been playing fantasy football Absolutely, man. So right now I'm 26 years old. I would say I got into fantasy football in fifth grade. I think it was actually, uh, it might've been sixth grade early and it was in uh, Kevin's league. So we, we talked to Kevin later on in the podcast, um, for mm -hmm. some medical advice. So I, it was actually his league. I remember it was 
run on Yahoo. I had to create a Yahoo account and uh, my password was just my, my hometown because when you're in fifth grade, that's all you can think <laughs> of. But uh, so for more than half my life, I've been playing fantasy football. Um, I've won a couple championships, uh, a lot more second place finishes. So uh, that's where you can see, uh, I say fantasy right. football runner up in my place, description. Dude. Always second place. Um, <laughs> last year specifically, I made it to the semifinals in all three of my leagues. Uh, two of them I made it to the finals in. And in all three, I won zero. So that's why I like to call myself the fantasy runner up. Um, But more, more years than not, if you can make the semifinals in all of your leagues, you're going to end up winning one of them. So I would say uh, my advice isn't the worst. And I have five years of experience as an analyst uh, in insurance and finance, corporate strategy, uh, a little bit of advancement, so fundraising. So I've had my hands in a little bit of everything. And so I think I can certainly bring my analyst mindset into fantasy football, considering it's something I love huge Giants fan. Let's go G-Men, go Danny Jones. Uh, I have the number two pick this year, so definitely going Barkley right there. That's easy. But uh, yeah, background as an analyst, love fantasy football. Want to bring my knowledge to everybody. Uh, And I would say on my record, the most famous prediction I ever had was predicting the breakout of Patrick Mahomes. So if you want to the guy who predicted the breakout of Patrick Mahomes, come find us. Um, and believe it or not, the company I uh, told about that prediction because uh, they had me pitch an idea. They didn't even hire me. So they missed out. <laughs> you know, they missed out. They probably they probably when they I won't say their name, but the best football player on the planet. They were like, damn, we should have hired that. kid. We should have hired know? that guy. That was a great <laughs> analyst. But uh, I'd much rather be here at all things analysis than uh, with that company and being in your presence. So, Ben, let me pitch it back to you. Dude. What's your background? Why should the people be listening to <laughs> Benny the Podman Perez? Dude, I love the energy. All right. We're bringing in the fantasy year. Connor has his, his background in fantasy. He probably has a better resume than myself, honestly. I've been playing to, I, you know, I, on Twitter today, someone tweeted and I retweeted and commented, included a comment on my retweet. They said, who was your first uh, fantasy pick or ever or something like that? It was like, who, I think he was, it was, that was the question. I think it was, who was your first mm-hmm. fantasy player ever you ever selected? And I, re, I was thinking back and I was like, you know, the first player I ever selected, it, there was a couple reasons why I thought this was interesting. It, it kind of made me chuckle because first player I ever selected was Larry Johnson. And I remember I won my first year at fantasy football, 2006, I drafted Larry Johnson. It was the second best season basically of his career with, mm-hmm. the, with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the year before he had like 20 touchdowns. And, a couple uh, great seasons, but not many. Short, short-lived career. Oh, there. he was a fun, he was, he was an awesome player. I loved him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mainly because he was my first fantasy player I ever took. And I ended up winning my fantasy league on, with, on his back. But I remember my, my fantasy team that year was, I also picked up, I think I, I think I picked him up off the free agent wire and I, and I rode him to victory that year, basically it was Frank Gore. 2006, mm-hmm. I had Frank Gore from the, the San Francisco 49ers. That was like his breakout season. Yeah. And I remember I won my first ever fantasy year. You know, my team name was named Straight Up Gangsta. yeah i I think i had drew Brees and frank gore or maybe tom brady and frank gore and and larry johnson i I remember yeah i remember it was so that's about 14 years of fantasy experience i play all fantasy sports i play well except for hockey i I know a little bit about hockey i worked in ticket sales and hockey for the arizona coyotes but i myself don't know enough about hockey and the players in hockey to succeed in fantasy but I do play fantasy football. I, obviously, I play fantasy basketball, and I play fantasy baseball. My main, my, main, my main favorites are football and baseball. 
um, from a fantasy sports perspective. Uh, so I've been playing 14 years. Like I said, I'm a Patriots fan. Doesn't mean I necessarily have, I don't really love any Patriots in fantasy this year and, and typically don't really have any bias towards Patriots, honestly, but um, what about expatriates? Expatriates. Uh, I'm dude. I'm, I, I don't think I'm going to get Brady this season. I don't think I'm, I don't, I'm not that high on, on Brady and Gronk this year. Um, they'll probably get drafted before I'm willing to take them. Um, but other than that, my fantasy, uh, I do have some success. I seem to always make the playoffs. Uh, I seem to last year was a little bit of a down season for me. I made some trades. I got trade happy. I think I made, I traded Lamar Jackson. I thought that he, I thought the, the beginning of his season was going to be the best part of the season. And uh, that was not true. He proved to be more than a running back for sure. <laughs> Did but, you miss out on that one? But uh, my team was all right still, but I, I felt like I was built for like the last like three weeks instead of like the weeks, like seven through 14 or whatever it was. But um, I'm excited for this season, you know, and I'm really looking forward to talking about fantasy football. And that's going to be a main topic on vicious talk because we are very passionate about the sport. We, we have a lot of fun playing with our friends. We're in uh, our good friend, together. right? We're, we're in Austin McCusker's, uh, our good friend from Holy Cross uh, from college. We uh, were in his league called a dozen pieces. <laughs> it's, you can imagine it's 12 teams. It used to be 10. It took, him, it took us we some fought. time to convince him that 10 team league leagues were for amateurs and that we needed to <laughs> we step our game up. I felt like it was like, you know, in the league, the the um show up what what was on fx fx on now on fx league yeah they had an eight person league and every time they that right. came up they were always like you're kidding right like come on. <laughs> yeah everyone's a starter in eight person league i mean come on right so the waiver wire is too healthy we we um the point was that we're definitely um talking on fantasy football a lot amongst each other uh, mm-hmm. you and i have conversations all the time and um, it was definitely a natural inclination to want to talk about this, this and, and try to help our friends and family succeed in their fantasy football leagues. And so just not the guys in our league, right? The guys in our league don't listen right? to don't us. Listen. Okay? We don't share it on their walls. Don't share it on Facebook to anybody in our league. We're blocking yeah. them from all posts. This, so this is something I've been wanting to talk about because we, it's gotta be a real tight rope, like, there are some things I feel like that I want to hold back from putting out there, you know, right, there are right. some, like, like some things I got out my sleeve. Well, you know, this guy's on the waiver wire, but I don't want to, <laughs> you know, it's like if you're talking about stocks and giving stock advice, right. You can't talk about a stock right before you buy that stock because you could be potentially affecting the market yeah. into raising Same. that stock's price. Especially, so Especially like we don't want to talk about players. I'm worried about inflating their, you know, in our inflating their price and then screwing ourselves. Totally, totally, man. And and I already botched that considering I sent out my rankings to everybody early. It's something to worry about, but we're gonna have to. I don't know. I, I, I we're gonna have to be confident in that. We know enough to be like, well, you're. We're gonna do it better than you. We're gonna listen to our advice better than you're gonna listen to it. Ben and I have inflated egos, if you guys couldn't <laughs> tell. So we literally are going to tell people our strategy and think we can still outplay them. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Why not? Okay, I guess we're going R-rated. Fuck it. ATA, baby. Here we are. 
It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. That's the favorite quote of 2020, right. man. Dude, let's dive into some fantasy football. Let's do it. Right? Let's dive in. Let's talk about our first topic because we had a, a decent amount of brainstorm. And what really came down to was we had not only besides our, our own personal evaluations of players this year, we had our own ideas of some tips we could give to listeners. Absolutely. And um, we really came up with a good list of 10 best tips to prepare for you for the 2020 fantasy football season. And um, I think that we are, we're talking about a unique year and there are a lot of things to consider in terms of variables um, that are new this season. And there are a lot of unprecedented things that we have to consider. Um, And I think it impacts more um, on the real football side than it does on the fantasy, but in fantasy football, um, one of the major themes that people talk about is the nitpicking between your one or two guys. And when, when you're in like the third round, you're, you're, just, you're selecting between one player or another. There is the smallest, sometimes the smallest margin of difference that in your head um, between one player or another. And maybe you end up making the good selection because you listen to our podcast or other content um, because we had this, uh, the sliver of information that was going to help you mm-hmm. select the right person. And um, that's kind of what we're aiming to do here. So um, without further ado, let's dive into the first one, all right? Let's do it. All right. So our first tip um, for the 2020 year is more so than others, and this is a theme in fantasy football every year, um, but more so this year because of the themes we we're talking about already uh, is we're going to try to minimize our risk this season. And by that, Connor, we're talking about considering that there's no preseason, com- considering that there is a, a very abbreviated training camp with, I think, less than 20. I think it's like 17 padded workouts this year. Um, I think that with a limited time to develop chemistry and learn new schemes um, that we're going to there's a lot of. Um, decisions that we're going to be making to minimize the unpredictability of um, these types of situations that I just listed. Um, Because to in this environment that we're talking about the 2020 season, um, the unique circumstances are going to result in a lot of unpredictability. Um, Just not just undoubtedly there's going to be situations. It's not if, and when there's going to be things that we haven't seen before. And absolutely. um, what we're trying to do with our draft strategy this year, more so than others, is we're going to be minimizing our risk. And by that, in our strategy, we're going to be maybe talking about some rookies um, who maybe don't have as much time to learn schemes. Maybe they have slow starts. Guys that with new teams, guys who are learning new schemes. They have a limited amount of time, like with DeAndre Hopkins, to develop chemistry with Kyler Murray in Arizona. So maybe they have a slow start at the very least, you know, guys, are, uh, guys with new teams, guys with brand new head coaches, guys with new offensive coordinators are now riskier this season more so than others. Connor, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right on there, Ben. I mean, if we consider that not only do these guys have to remain socially distant for the most part in practice and, and, you know, uh, we've been watching hard knocks and these guys have been doing a pretty good job of, of maintaining their distance in meetings and, and, uh, you know, and they're doing some non padded drills, but it's definitely not the same as the live action. So they're not getting the feel for how they play together. They're not communicating like they would normally communicate together. And then you have the, the cherry on top. There's no actual preseason games against 
against other teams. And so you don't get that live action and the ability to test out plays and develop chemistry, uh, especially live chemistry and get those live cuts. So guys who haven't been on teams yet, uh, older players who are adjusting to the quicker ramp up in, in the season and guys who are joining new schemes and also new head coaches are, who aren't used to the speed of the NFL are all going to have to adjust to the new circumstances this year in the non-traditional season that we're going to have. Certainly, certainly. And with that, the types of players, who, who, who do you think are the types of players that these types of risks affect the most? Um, well, like we said, I think definitely running back. So a couple of guys that, that come uh, to mind right off the top of my head, you, you have Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who's going in the first round. He's being drafted as like a top six, seven running Someone back. Someone who I'm, dude, I'm, I have the eighth pick in our draft. I'm heavily considering Clyde Edwards. Absolutely. And I would understand why you would do that. He's on the Kansas City Chiefs offense. It's an extremely high potential offense. But in a year where there's no preseason, he's not going to be able to have that time to pick up pass blocking schemes. And do you really think Andy Reid is going to trot out a running back who can't protect the quarterback with the largest contract ever? No, let's be honest. The Chiefs are all about Patrick Mahomes. And so if Clyde Edwards Slayer can't block, he will not have an impact in the game. And the same degree that other first round draft picks will have so drafting him in the first round as a rookie just seems insane to me because of the amount of downside and the fact that i really don't think he will have an impact until week six through eight now certainly he could have some potential long gainers the chiefs really know how to spread the field there's a lot of potential there but i I really think there's a lot of downside and he would be a guy i would want to avoid uh at his current adp absolutely everything is relative to a player's adp when we're talking on this podcast so i mean i'm not saying don't draft clyde as larry if he drops to you the bottom of the second you know early third absolutely scoop him up but but bottom of the first i would not give my advice to take him there yeah and the thing is i i was in your same camp i was the thought that dude clyde edwards hilaire it maybe it's probably too risky for me in the first round and i think that it depends on i mean everybody has their own personal preferences and i i'm talking about so i had the eighth pick in our in our draft and I, I, I had a mock draft today where I just put myself in the eighth spot, obviously. And I, I picked Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the eighth spot because I'm trying to see what that kind of puts me in, in terms of, so if I pick someone as risky as Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the first round, um, am I going to have to spend the rest of my picks picking guys with more risk adverse, I don't know, pedigrees? You know what I mean? So, Ben, let me ask you, where do you have Edwards Hilaire in your rankings in terms of your running backs? Do you have that available off the the cuff? Um, Where did my file go? Because I'm wondering what what type of guys you're passing up in that range with the eighth pick, because I don't even have them in my top 10 running backs right now. Um, You know, a guy I would love in that eighth spot who I think – could possibly be there is is on the team of the jersey you're wearing right now and that would actually be Kenyon drake i think he is due to have a fantastic season the way cliff kingsbury runs that offense um in the last uh, i would say six games of the season he 
was a top five running back once he really was given given the load after he was signed from the Dolphins and David Johnson got benched. Um, I mean, David Johnson was a number one fantasy running back overall, and, and the, the team was so quick to move on to Kenyon Drake because of how well he performed in that first game against the San Francisco 49ers. He does everything that Kingsbury wants. He catches the ball. He moves. He looks quick. He's much more agile out there, and clearly this team – place their trust in him so i actually prefer him as a first round draft pick as opposed to maybe the more buzzworthy or sexier pick in clyde edwards lair yeah the, dude i'm so torn on this because i i want i i've agree with 100 what you're saying i think kendra drake is in, in store for a great season this year um and my this this portion of my rankings has been i've debated about so much and i've slid a few guys in here and the way that it looks for me right now is I have Clyde Edwards Hilaire at eight overall mm-hmm. behind Derrick Henry ahead of Julio Jones, also ahead of a guy, Ken and Drake and the guys that are comparable in value in terms of at the eighth pick, if let's say the top seven guys that I have here ranked, I have McCaffrey, obviously Bart Barkley, Elliot, Michael Thomas, Kamara, Dalvin cook, and Derrick Henry. If I could get one of those seven guys with my eighth pick, I'm taking him. Right. So other than that, well, after that, for me, that's that's the that's, that's the, the tier one. I, yeah, that's the tier one group that I, I'm aiming for. But mm-hmm. if I if I don't get a single one of those guys at the eighth pick, I'm so torn between Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Julio Jones, Ty, uh, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Kenyon Drake, Josh Jacobs. Those are the six guys that I really have no problem taking there at eight. Yeah, I'm I'm very similar in the top tier. The only guy I don't have in that same tier is Derrick Henry. I uh, the other six, I believe, I, I have exactly the same. I agree, but it's the pass catching for me that puts yeah. him down because we we graded this on a .5 PPR, and and Derrick Henry has less of a track record in being efficient. He's been awesome for a season and a half. Um, one of the best running pure running backs out there. If you're in standard league, absolutely top ten, probably top five. But .5 PPR, I lower him a little the bit. Touchdown regression risk of that happening is is definitely something to mm-hmm. factor in mm-hmm. um i just i i just think that the potential of derrick henry at seven is decent i definitely don't have him so if you really want to talk about tiers of the top guys the top six i would say are the most elite mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. what i listed so that's right. kamara thomas elliot barkley and mccaffrey mm-hmm. um but back to our point here with clyde edwards and being a rookie it's so well, if, if so, say I select Clyde Edwards in the first round with my eighth pick. With my next picks, I'm looking to get guys who I know are for sure things. Right. Who I know I right. could bank on getting, who, who I know maybe the ceiling's not as high, but I know that they're, that they're solid. They're going to be solid fancy players. So, like in my, in my draft, um, I end up taking Tyreek Hill with the second pick and with my second pick and he, I ended up getting him at 14 or, or uh, no, no, no. My second pick was 17. So he slid all the way to 17. I thought that was a great value. Mm-hmm. So although I stacked them on the same team, I think Tyree kill at 17 was an incredible value. Right. But I'm talking about like with my next picks, I believe I got, um, I believe I got um, Lamar Jackson and I, I figured Lamar is one of the most for sure picks that you could get in terms right. of he's, he, you know he's going to run – his run value is going to keep his floor so high that you're going to have a, a top-five quarterback, a top-three quarterback probably at the very yeah. least throughout the season. So those types of pick where maybe I could bomb, maybe Lamar is not the, the superstar MVP he was last season, but he's not going to have a bad season. He's mm-hmm. not. 
he's going to be one of the best three quarterbacks unless he gets hurt, obviously. Yeah, I, I think you're right there where um, we talk about certain skills that are more dependent on timing and practice. Well, that that's going to be the passing, making sure you're on the same page with players. So quarterbacks who are more singular talented as, as drop back passers who are going to have less time to adapt to um, playing with certain wide receivers that are joining new teams with new head coaches are going to be more variable. When you think about Lamar Jackson, his skill set is adapting to plays that break down. Um, so in a year with a preseason, with no preseason, plays are going to break down more than ever. This guy is an innovator he's a scrambler he's an artist his athleticism is not going anywhere that that's a skill that is not dependent on a preseason right his athletic ability so if you're talking about a stable base i think he's got one of the most stable bases as a pick out there and he's definitely going to be a differentiator this season i don't know if he returns the value of a third round or second round pick but i definitely love him as a guy that minimizes your risk definitely and Personally, so that, I'm talking about a mock draft. So that hypothetical situation where I took Clyde edwards hilaire in the, in the, with the right. eighth overall pick, it was just a mock, and I don't know if I'm going to do it yet. But personally, I'm, I'm leaning towards being more risk-adverse this season, and I agree with you. I think I'm going to be willing to take risks later in the draft because I'll be, value, I'll be hedging my values. Basically, I'll be taking – I'll try to, with my early picks, select guys who I know I can count on this season given their, their injury health. And, and then with, with my middle to later round picks, maybe getting guys who um, could boost up into a starting role who are backups, maybe guys who um, could benefit from uh, being, yeah, exactly, being, being a backup and, and being thrust into a starter role like a right. Alexander Madison or um, Tony, Tony Pollard, those types of players. Um, getting guys who maybe like a Deshaun Jackson who could you could get late who ends up being who you could just slot into your wide receiver two slot for the longest time, possibly if he's the number one receiver in Philadelphia. So guys with high upside, explosive um, NFL skills um, are, are, are personally going to be the ones who I target probably later in the round, later rounds while early in the rounds, I'm going to try to select guys who um, are minimizing my risk. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Ben. It's a great strategy for uh, uh, our newer players to follow and also seasoned veterans in an uncertain season. Definitely. All right, second tip. Know your league rules. This tip seems so simple, but how many times do we start a league and one weekend someone says, wait, this rule is this? How come we couldn't do it this way? And it happens every year. There's somebody who says that they want to change a rule or they're not cool with something. If it's during the draft, if it's one week after the draft, it it always happens. Know your league rules before you draft because you cannot change a lot of the rules after. So if you have suggestions to make to to your commissioner, your league commissioner, if you're not him or or her. um, Right. Then you got – you. The day before the draft, just sit down, spend 30, spend 20 minutes, or it takes even less, like 15 minutes, 10 minutes to just scroll through your league rules. Just look at the scorings, no, figure out if you're, no, if you're standard scoring, half PPR, full PPR, figure out if a, if a quarterback's touchdown is worth four or six points, figure out if you're running backs in one of our leagues, we get 0.5 per rush, makes the running backs way more valuable. If you don't know that going to a draft, that's not smart. Right. So 
know your roster set up. Do you have three wide receivers? Uh, Can you play a quarterback in the flex? Do you have a two quarterback league? This is going to greatly change the value of certain players within your draft and also where other players, uh, other league mates are going to take those players. Uh, If you're in a two quarterback league, Lamar Jackson is probably going to be the first pick overall. Maybe Patrick Mahomes, you know, so know your league. Yeah. Spending the 15 to 30 minutes it takes to just kind of know the ins and outs of how your league's going to shape out that year is, is, could pay off big dividends in the long run and if you have questions ask your commissioner that's why they're there you know they're they're going to answer them for the draft and it's important you know what you're doing especially if you're putting money on the line right right it's a terrible investment if you don't know your league rules before you're entering a paid league right you don't want to set yourself up for failure right from the draft you know you don't win your league in the draft but you can certainly lose your league in the draft that's what i always like to say i agree all right Next one, mock draft. All right, this is an, this is an obvious one for most people. Um, and, and it really is just about the time for some people. Some people decide not to do it because they just don't have the time to do it. But it's very easy to just knock out at least the first few rounds of a mock draft at least once or twice before, you, before your actual one. Um, but mock drafts are very helpful and some people don't believe in them. But if those are the people that don't actually mock draft, in my opinion, because when you mock, it makes the real one just feel way more comfortable. You know which players you're looking at each round. So if I, I, we, we already know our draft order for our league. I know I'm the eighth spot. I'm picking in the eighth round. I mean, the eighth spot in all these different mock drafts. I'm comfortable with the players that I know I'm looking for in each of my picks, at least for the first few rounds. It, it gets super right. variable later in the draft. But at least for the first, like, three, four, five rounds, I know – the, the list of five to six players that I might be looking to take in each of them. And it, just being comfortable with that, it, it pays off dividends in your draft. It helps limit the risk of going down to the, the, the bottom and the clock's ticking. You have five seconds to pick and you just select who's ever ranked at the top. That, that happens way too often than you think. And mock, mocking before your actual draft is, is so helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And and for those who don't know, a mock draft is essentially a fantasy football league that doesn't actually perform throughout the season. It will just act as a draft, oftentimes with um, sometimes real live players, but oftentimes bots based on an aggregate of where people are ranking the players. And it just allows you to test out the functionality of who do you think is going to be available at certain positions. Um, It literally will only span that 30 minutes and then the league will cease to exist. So it's not a real fantasy football league. It allows you to test your skills without clogging up a bunch of uh, public or standard leagues if you're on ESPN or Yahoo. Um, So make sure if you're doing it just to get a taste of the draft, do a mock don't join a league and then not actually play fantasy football be respectful of the people who are out there who want to play um but yeah most most main websites uh espn yahoo i I love the fantasy pros draft wizard uh i use that on my cell phone um none of these guys are sponsors but we just want to give you the honest opinions we have and what we do to prepare um because we think we prepare well we draft well and that will set you up for success we want to set ourselves up for success so we're going to give you guys the same advice Definitely. When you're paying for your fantasy football experience, not only do you want to have fun playing, but you also want to win some money and spending the time before the draft to educate yourself. However much time you're able to spend, just spend a little bit of time on your before just getting ready because it, it pays off. It really does. 
All right, Connor, I like this next one that you came up with, and I'm going to let you talk about it um, because I thought it was very interesting, and it kind of goes in, goes in line with what we've been talking about in terms of risk management, um, but go ahead. Um, so I, I think this rule is a, a general common theme that you can see in people's rankings, and that's to draft running backs early and often. And you might be wondering why, because some of the most famous players are also wide receivers or quarterbacks. Well, the reason is because the top tier of running backs perform so much greater than the next tier two, tier three running backs compared to the drop off that occurs with quarterbacks or wide receivers. So the elite players at running backs are so much more crucial to have on your fantasy roster if you want to succeed throughout the, the season, because it will be a differentiator for you compared to any other team. Uh, if you look at the most successful teams last year, they are going to have guys like Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook. Uh, these are the guys who performed every single game who got you to your your fantasy playoffs uh, you could rely on them and because there are only 32 teams realistically there are only 30 or so running backs that are going to be starting running backs on a team how many times? Uh, there are fair exceptions but wide receivers you can think of teams think of think of the cowboys there are three guys you you probably want to own on your fantasy team cd lamb michael gallup and amari cooper so yeah. you have three viable uh wide receivers on one team but on the cowboys do you want to own anybody besides ezekiel elliott well you probably want to own tony pollard but do you want to play anyone besides ezekiel elliott no so that's the reason why you got to just pound the running backs early yeah and one thing that's pretty indicative of this is how many times later in the season where it's you're say you hit week eight, week nine, week 10, and guys are really starting to tr make trades to form out their playoff team or make a, or make a push for the playoffs. And they, they have one running back, but they don't have that second. And mm -hmm. it's so hard for them to make a trade for a decent running back. And you're not going to find one on the free agent wire, because this is what we're talking about. The depth at running back, it's so difficult to find that belt, those bell cow backs, the ones that are three down backs, the ones who are staying in the game, taking snaps. They're playing like 90% of the downs. They're playing eight, at the very least 85% of the downs or so. And these are the guys that are your bell cow backs, the ones who are going to lead you to the fantasy championships. And those guys are right. incredibly valuable throughout the years. They win you leagues. And drafting them in your first round, first, sec, first or second rounds um, is very crucial. And it's it doesn't mean if way. you don't have the first or second pick that you're missing out on these guys. Um, but focusing on the consistency of a bell cow running back, finding the consistency of a bell cow running back with your first few picks is, is a great tip. Right. And, and that, that doesn't mean you're you're screwed if you take Lamar Jackson in the second round or if you take Mike, Michael Thomas fifth overall. I know right? the, these guys are great players and, and they're going to contribute well to your fantasy roster. The thing you have to consider is the opportunity cost. Right. So if you're giving up the the, you know, Dalvin Cook at the fifth spot. Yeah. Right. Or you're giving up the Alvin Kamara, the guys that, you know, are going to get 80, 60, 70, 80 percent of the touches and who are on really strong offenses that are going to score a lot. Well, then you're going to look in the fifth and sixth round and you're going to find Melvin Gordon, David Johnson, right. guys that are uncertain. They're on new rosters. They're yeah, and, running back by commissions. Um, but then you compare that to the wide receivers available in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. You have Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett, Cooper Cup. I yeah, mean, these guys have these been some, quarterbacks for years. They've been putting up stats for the last yeah, few years. They these have, are all they have a history. number one wide receivers. But when you think Risk about on these guys is low, right? When right. you think about the running backs that are available, 
in that. I don't see Melvin Gordon putting up a top five season on Denver, mm-hmm. but could Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf take a jump into the top 10 wide receivers? Yeah. A hundred percent, you know, mm-hmm. absolutely. So that, that, that's what we want you to consider is you're not going to kill your team, but just think about the opportunity cost. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really that tip with Arby's early is, is not necessarily be only focused on the running backs with your first few picks. It's folk. It's value the running backs more at the first few mm-hmm. picks. You're valuing if, if you have if you have Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara ranked at the same, maybe take Alvin Kamara instead of Michael Thomas. But right. personally, I actually have Michael Thomas ahead of Alvin Kamara. But and Ben, one thing, one caveat I want to mention is just because a player is a starting running back doesn't mean it's a guy you want to own. So think about Adrian Peterson or last year, any of the Miami Dolphins mm-hmm. running backs, they were essentially not startable in any game. They were very low point totals. They got the carries, but did you really want 80 yeah. yards and the possibility of Damn. a touchdown? Um, or would you rather have a guy like Kareem Hunt or Latavius Murray, who if the top running back does go down in a season where there's a lot more risk mm-hmm. could actually be a game changer and a potential league winner. I would prefer to have Kareem Hunt on my team than Adrian Peterson, even though one might be the starter and one mm-hmm. is technically considered a backup. Definitely. And this kind of brings me to another point where you have a guy like Adrian Peterson in your team. You don't really drop him because he, he's somewhat valuable in terms of you, you know he's going to be getting the carries. The, the opportunity for a decent game is going to be there. But he prevents you from being willing to draft player. I mean, um, drop and pick up players who could possibly help you out. Uh, and and we, we, we'll talk about this later on. I know we have some notes to talk about. Um, one of, This is talking about one of our, our future tips. But um, you really are able to pick up wide receivers who can help you out during the season more so than running backs. I would say, and right. co- I would say quarterbacks, wide receivers and tight ends, you are much more capable of picking up and rostering and using throughout the season than a running back running backs who get picked up who are valuable are the ones who replace starters who got hurt. Mm-hmm. Rarely do you see guys picked up off the free agent wire who just happened into a starter role because they were better than the guy who everybody else picked. That never right. happens. Like rarely. Very rarely. So just off the top of my head, um, you think about guys like Darren Waller, Hunter Henry, Mark Andrews. They were all available on the waiver wire in the middle of the season. DJ Chark. um, You also have uh, on the wide receiver side, AJ Brown came on midseason and he won leagues by the end of the year. Michael Gallup was dropped in some leagues last year. Absolutely. Uh, Robert Woods, I've seen as a guy who sometimes get off, gets off to a slow start and doesn't get those touchdowns early on. He, he gets dropped and I've picked him up uh, two years ago and he ended up being yeah. a top 10 player. So there are nobody opportunities at wide receiver, but nobody's, no, nobody drops right. running backs. Absolutely. Because the so. opportunity, a running back who gets carried is an opportunity mm-hmm. and nobody ever drops those guys. The ones who are getting carries, the ones who get more than 10 carries, more than 10 touches a game, more than in the 15 to 20 touch a game, hopefully. Um, those running backs aren't getting drafted, getting mm. dropped, dropped it. <laughs> All right. That's a good, that's a good one, Connor. Um, but let's, uh, I kind of already touched on this uh, topic, so let's go right into it. We're talking about roster clogs because Andrew Peterson is the prime example we're talking about. Uh, and we kind of coined the term roster clogs here because we're talking about guys who will, who will be drafted. They're going to be drafted in, in most leagues because of the opportunity or their name. Um, but the lack of upside or they're often injured or they're off injured history um, 
and, and you have to hold on to these guys for extended period of time while they're hurt. Um, it's, if say like AJ Green, his foot injury flares up, the talent with AJ Green keeps him on your roster. You don't want to drop AJ Green because you will hate yourself if you drop him and then he comes back and someone else picks him up and he's and he tears it up and then you win somebody else the fantasy championship. And that potential is something that I kind of want to avoid, especially this season. Um, the guys who, who prevent me from making roster changes, picking up guys from the free agent wire is something I love to do. I find value every year on the free agent wire. Um, and there are guys like Adrian Peterson, uh, guys like AJ Green, um, guys who are t- clogging up your roster, who are limiting your team's upside um, and preventing you from finding guys who could potentially change your season. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right on Ben. And I think this is one of the issues we had in a, in a 10 team league last year is that you really felt beholden to hang on to somebody that could, um, that could provide value potentially to another team. Even I had Le'Veon Bell that season. Right. And so he, he just, he never did anything great. He was on a suspension and you didn't want to give him up, but he took a roster spot up from you and and it prevented you from picking up potentially even more better players. Uh, Last year I had Antonio Brown on my team for half of the season. And and that just clogged a spot on my team where I could have been picking up high potential players. I didn't pick up AJ Brown because I had Antonio Brown and that was not the right move. I probably would have won my fantasy league if I had AJ Brown. Um, Instead, I had another roster clogging Will Fuller because that's a guy who gets injured every single year. And, yeah. you know, I'll probably end up drafting Will Fuller again because I think we have, we have a segment on this yeah. later is, you know, guys who we're addicted to and have that high potential would always burn us. Um, but right. yeah, they're, they could be potentially in this section if it's, if it's an injury player too. I know. And this is such a push and ebb and flow type of concept roster clog, because you have no idea when somebody's going to turn into that roster clog on your team, because it could be Wolf Wolf Fuller is going to, is a, is a heavy target. I love him this season. He's got great opportunity in Houston to capitalize on Hopkins leaving, but the injury history is real. And when it, if, and when Will Fuller pulls his hamstring, strains his groin, how long are you going to keep him on your roster before you just dump him? Mm-hmm. And the answer is a long time, probably. Right. And so I think the idea of a roster clog is somebody by the end of the season who will look like they would have been a good draft selection based on their average points per game. Um, but it, it could be because it's just a guy like Adrian Peterson, who's only going to get seven or eight points per game. And they never really provide you a game where they uh, are worthy of a starting position, or it could be because of a guy like Will Fuller, who only has three games in a season where he goes for 40 points and the rest, he only gets two or three. So on average, these guys, um, they look like a top 20 or top 30 overall player at their position, but realistically they never actually make your starting roster. Right. So you that never actually benefit often. from them. I mean, there are a that lot of players me, like that. It happened to me last year a lot where I was picking the wrong guys each week because I would base who I played based on the week or two before that, the performance they had the week or two before. Mm. And it was not determining their performances. Those, the, the performances of the week or two that happened previously. Mm-hmm. And you, I had major weeks where guys were on my bench who, and scored big, big point totals while I had guys in, in my starting lineup that <laughs> – 
had crappy games. And uh, if I remember correctly, it so was frustrating. Alan Robinson so for you right? last year, right? Exactly. He air puller. Yeah. He was killing me last year. He just never I, knew I, when to play Every him. time I played him, it would be seven or eight points. And every time I sat him, it would he be would like 20 yeah. it, or at least 15. Every time I sat him, I would like, I should have like had a, a blog where I just announced when I was going to sit Allen Robinson so that everybody else who owned him could have played him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would have right, been so, perfect. <laughs> so the list of roster clogs that we came up with very kind of, uh, just the just the kind of the feel of of some of some of this uh, that we're talking about. Obviously, Adrian Peterson we touched on. Kyle Rudolph. Has and sorry, time. Adrian Peterson, you're a future Hall of Famer, and we right? don't want to take I away anything from your career. Yeah. But man, you're old and you're inefficient, and the Redskins suck. So it's not about you, man. We love you. Okay, you're a great player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Maybe future Hall of Famer. Like any of us ever saw at least us young individuals, I guess. Mm. Um. Talking about Adrian Peterson, Kyle Rudolph in the tight end spot for the Vikings. He's probably going to get drafted. He's always the like tight end nine or 10, you know, Yeah, he might, but he's never playable. The upside is not there. Don't draft Kyle Rudolph. Yeah. I mean, if you, the only reason I would play someone like a Kyle Rudolph is if I had a a tight end who got hurt or was on a bye week. Deep bye. But uh, I'm not drafting Kyle Rudolph as my starting tight end. Stamp it right here. ATA approved. Don't draft Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> and who else we got here? We got Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley uh, is someone that a lot of people will end up rostering because of uh, the opportunity. He does have a role in the Buffalo Bills offense, but the Bills in the last few seasons haven't, um, they're not an exciting offense. They're, they're, they're not feeding the wide receivers, at least in, the, right. in Buffalo, at least not in the last few years. And so Cole Beasley his floor was high, but his ceiling was low. So yeah. he's the type of player that I'm kind of avoiding here in the roster clog category. Especially um, this season more than last because they did add Stephon Diggs, who is a great possession receiver. So Josh Allen already likes to run. Devin Singletary is a good running back. They added Zach Moss. They're a running back heavy team. They have a good defense, so they like to rely on not taking too many turnovers. Um, they're going to have – they have John Brown who had a great season. So Cole Beasley is really falling down on the depth chart, so it's a great point. Last year – he had some good games. He had a good year. This year, roster clog, avoid him. Uh, AJ Green, we talked about. The health is a major concern. The potential is there. So we're not talking about a lack of upside. We're talking about a lack of health. Um, and right. that's another type of roster clog, someone who um, is going to be injured possibly and in a season where the injury risk is at an all-time high uh, than normal. Um Mark Ingram with the, with the Baltimore Ravens uh, had a good season last year. The touchdown regression risk is real. Mm-hmm. Um, he did score yeah. a lot last year. Um, and he's also going to be giving a lot of touches from reports to uh, J.K. Dobbins. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. drafting him as your RB2 um, could result in, in having a roster clog where you have someone's going to be scoring you uh, eight points to 12 points a week, but isn't going to be really getting you the, the major point totals right. that's going to win you a, a matchup. Right. You're going to be disappointed in Mark Ingram's game if he doesn't get a touchdown. Um, be very touchdown dependent. Yeah. And I think another player I want to put in that same Mark Ingram category that I think could see a big regression uh, because they were so touchdown reliant as a running back is Aaron Jones. He's a guy who is also going to split touches. Um, they like Jamal Williams. They use him a lot. He's another guy who is probably in this roster clog section. Um, yeah, and because 
They also drafted a running back in the second round. So now uh, LaFleur is saying he likes all three guys. So if they're splitting touches three ways and this guy was already very reliant on the touchdown, that's a regression candidate. That's a roster clog. Avoid him. Yeah, definitely. And I also listed a few New England running backs, Sonny Michelle, James White, uh, both being drafted at a reasonable ADP in the top 100 in most drafts. Um, and the upside is going to be limited, likely in a crowded New England backfield. There's a lot of hype behind Damian Harris. It's always every year we have an unclear picture of the New England backfield. Uh, personally, this year, I'm staying away. Um, it's impossible to predict which running back you want in which week. It's it's Sony Michelle one week. It'll be Damian Harris another week. It'll be James White another. It'll be Rex Burkhead one week. Like you. And they even have Lamar Miller. I don't know if he's on. I think he's still on the the pup list. But um, in New England, they have a history of just throwing you off the scent of who's going to succeed in which week. It's impossible. So roster clogs, in my opinion. All right. So let's go to the next tip, Connor. Uh, so the next tip we have is to know your tiers. So this goes back to some of the earlier advice where, you know, you want to mock draft, you want to build your rankings beforehand, make sure you don't just rely on the site rankings because sites will differ based on how, which analysts are on their website. So make sure you set your own rankings, you know, don't take any of our rankings as the word of God, you know, you need to make sure you feel comfortable with your own team and your risk tolerance in, in your roster. So build out your rankings beforehand and, uh, we really like to suggest not only building a ranking, but building a tier that way you can compare across positions. So you can know that, okay, my, my draft position is coming up. Um, and I have about 15 spots between my two picks because of our, our league depth. Um, and I have about 10 guys in my tier three of wide receiver, but I only have two guys left in my tier three of running back. So Although I might be taking a running back that's slightly lower in my overall rankings, it's really important that I lock down a running back within that tier because there are receivers who are closer in value to the guy I could select at that position, even if he isn't the best overall player. So that's why we'd like to say suggest um, having tiers and to use a tier-based draft strategy. Um, so that's it's a, so make sure you know when you're drafting to see who's left on the on the board. Yeah. And, and, and in scientific terms, we're talking about finding value on the margin. We're talking about guys who are selected in, in, your, in your example, you want the guy who you only have two running backs in this last tier when you have 10 left in wide receiver. If you select somebody, if you select one of the wide receivers, the margin, the marginal value you're getting between this guy you drafted and the next wide receiver you could have drafted or the next wide receiver who's going to be available with your next pick is lower the marginal value is lower in that than it would be in the running back you're going to select right. in this first pick and then the running back that's available in the next one is going to be a much larger gap in 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 value and right. we're talking about capitalizing on these types of situations in your draft and um these this tip is is greatly is heavily linked to our next one create your own rankings seven and eight are both know, know your tiers and create your own rankings because preparing these types of um, creating your rankings and knowing tiers helps you in your draft immensely. Uh, it helps you when you're panicking for a pick, it's in your, you're in the crunch time and you're stuck between two guys. It helps you make that decision. It helps you make the right decision 
um, there are way too many times where um, where guys um, end up with somebody who they didn't want, who who they ranked lower, or they or maybe a guy who was ranked too high on the the site rankings, but you personally had ranked lower, but you end up accidentally picking him. That happens way too often. Creating your tiers and and rankings beforehand definitely helps with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this also kind of leads us into uh, knowing the the clips, the potential clips that um, are ahead of you in terms of um, like we talked about how in the first round, I really kind of see a cliff after Derrick Henry or Dalvin Cook where the talent drops off heavier or the value drops off heavier for me um, in that first round because I miss if I miss out on one of those players that I have ranked higher. And there there are all kinds of these types of cliffs throughout the draft. And mock drafts and knowing your rankings and, and tiers is definitely uh, going to help you when, when it's crunch time in, in your live draft. Yes, I think that's a great point, Ben, in terms of the cliffs, because not only are there tiers, but there are differences between the tiers, too. So um, for me, that there's a top tier of wide receivers, and that includes Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, um, and then maybe you DeAndre could, Hopkins, and maybe DeAndre Hopkins in a, in a new situation. But after those five wide receivers, I'm a little less sure, um, and I think there's a big drop down in the tier. I, I say the one guy in between is probably Chris Godwin, and then I, I don't necessarily feel comfortable with Mike Ed, Evans, um, considering Brady in his long ball. I don't know. Um, another guy, Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins. Can you really rely on him? He, uh, you know, there, there's risks on these teams. That's a run heavy team um so what i would prefer to do possibly is switch off from my draft strategy and say okay i really just don't like this tier of wide receivers maybe this is the spot where i do grab a travis kelsey or a george kittle at 17 or 18 overall um just because i don't trust kenny galladay because matt stafford has an injury history and so even though that those are the guys in those rankings maybe i just much rather would take a Robert Woods in my tier three or a Tyler Lockett in my tier three and and just really lock down my tight end position. If you get Kelsey or Kittle, you're a hundred percent all year. You get Mahomes or Jackson, you're a hundred percent all year in that position. But some of those guys in that tier two wide receiver have some question marks. Yeah. So even within the tiers, know the positional cliffs. Definitely. And I think that this strategy or this tip particularly really helps in the mid to late rounds where there's value to be had because a lot of people's rankings are more similar up front and the variables are really in the back end of the draft and people all have their rankings all over everybody has their different preferences and there is room to find value and knowing your own rankings and tiers in that situation is is uber helpful like if you have eight quarterbacks in your tier four or tier three or whatever and you have two or you only have like two tight ends left in your second tier in round eight or nine if you have the availability to wait on a quarterback this is like this where the strategy of waiting on a quarterback makes sense because you you're missing out on possibly a, a more valuable tight end where the options after him if you miss out on this target are not great when you if you draft ben roethlisberger he's going to have similar value to tom brady the, they're not going to be that different. And so if you miss out on Tom Brady and then in the 10th in the round or whatever, drafting Roethlisberger in the 12th or 13th or wherever he goes is, is not going to make the biggest difference, but yeah. drafting Evan Ingram could possibly win your league in the eighth round could possibly win you your league. Mm-hmm. You could have possibly one yeah. of the top three tight ends. 
I'm not saying he will. The potential is there. You know what I mean? I think people have a tendency to want to fill out their starting roster first. And so they might reach on a quarterback. Um, But our advice would be to say, you know, just because you don't have a quarterback and you do have a full slate of running backs, um, if a running back is available in tier two or tier three um, and the next best quarterback is available in tier five, even though that's a guy that you need on your roster, you have an open spot. Uh, the value is really taking that running back because not only will he possibly be a contributor uh, and a difference maker on your roster, but he can also be a trade piece and he can get you a, a potentially better value quarterback than you could have drafted via trade. Um, and quarterback is so deep this year. I mean, look at guys who are going like 20th overall, like Cam or Jared Goff. I mean, these guys have finished in the top five of quarterbacks and they're going around 20. So, I mean, there's so much value at quarterback. You only have one per team in most standard leagues. So wait on quarterback, yeah. please. That, so that's we're, another great we're talking rule. about tiers. The quarterback tier one is Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. If you miss out on Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, you should wait. wait on the breaks for sure. Yeah. Get, get value from a quarterback later in the round the marginal value of picking a running back in the mid the middle rounds, a running back or wide receiver that's going to be in your starting lineup is more valuable than picking a quarterback. Um, quarterbacks can be drafted later in the draft and still be startable and still be in the top 10 in the QB rankings, you know? So um, there's definitely value to capitalize um, on the margins in, in what we're talking about here. All right, next tip. Listen to listen to as many podcasts and articles as possible. Specifically, our podcast. Exactly. So you're doing the right thing already by starting to listen to Vicious Talk with Benny P. Um, we're doing a lot of great advice here, and I hope you're listening um, and, and heeding some of our advice. Um, but definitely listen to others. You know, ESPN has some great podcasts with Matthew Barry and Field Yates. Um, the Ringer has some great fantasy shows. They have the Ringer Fantasy Show um, with Danny Kelly and and Heipitz. Um, they, fantasy footballers are great. Fantasy footballers are great. Listen to them. They're based out of Arizona. Um, there's a lot of great content out there to, to consume and, and you can never be too prepared for your fantasy draft. Um, I would definitely recommend consuming as much as you can. Connor, what do you listen to? What do you, what do you read? Um, yeah, I listen to the ringer. I love Ben Simmons. He's very salty about fantasy football, which makes it even more enjoyable. Or very good point. Philadelphia 76er. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, bo- both, all three great, great characters. There you go. Uh, the fantasy footballers, like you said, uh, and I also love Matthew Barry, Field Yates, and Stefania Bell. Uh, they have a great fantasy football podcast on ESPN. So I like really watching all of those guys. And, and then just watching actual football content doesn't hurt either because you're not going to lose out on fantasy football if you learn something about real football. Because oftentimes, real football players are good fantasy football players. That doesn't exactly. necessarily always go translate, figure. but go figure. <laughs> it's definitely a general trend to follow yeah i um i also every year really like to listen i mean uh read matthew barry's um the draft guide that he puts up every year he puts like what 100 thing tips or whatever before you draft or he always does like a draft guide preseason that's really helpful i find um all right next tip Make sure you have the most up-to-date injury information before you draft. So by this, we're talking about every year I see somebody get, get picked and then the owner 
either posts in the in the draft messages or posts on on the met league message board after the draft oh man i didn't know this guy was suspended or i didn't know he broke his ankle in practice last week or i didn't know he strained his hamstring yesterday like that happens almost every year it happens way more than you think so what i'm saying here is just before you draft somebody you have a minute if you know who you're gonna pick take the time to just put his name in google just double check his history. Make sure everything's checking out. If you just go to Google News, if an injury has taken place to this guy, it's going to be the first thing that pops up. So it can't hurt to always just kind of do your due diligence before you get somebody, especially in the early rounds. You don't want to invest a lot in a guy um, and find out that he got hurt yesterday and you didn't know about it. Um, that's or got cut from a roster. Right, Leonard Fournette? So. Hey, Leonard. Those types of things happen more than you more than you think. Um, you definitely don't want to end up with somebody who's got a season-ending injury or a right. suspension or is on a lockout or something like that. So um, I'm talking about this year, Leonard Fournette, Debo Samuel, he's hurt. Um, who are some guys? Uh, Darius Geis with the domestic violence this, uh, situation. Definitely trying to avoid those types of players. Um, and it's always helpful to just kind of make sure, uh, you're double checking yourself before you, um, before you wreck yourself, right? Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah. I think that that last and final tip goes right into, you know, the, the overall theme, uh, the first theme that we mentioned, uh, minimizing your risk, you know, uh, do your due diligence. It doesn't take much to, to Google a guy, you know, you have 60 seconds on the clock for most leagues. So Take, take 10 to say, all right, is, is this guy at least healthy? Is he playing the season? A lot of guys are opting out. It's a non-traditional season, a lot more risks than usual. And, and uh, like our medical expert, Kevin said, you know, a lot of guys are going to end up with injuries that, uh, that normally wouldn't occur because of the atypical ramp up to the starting of the football season here. So you need to be really up to date, um, especially keep on track of the, the, the backup running backs for those teams. Again, minimize that risk and uh, you'll have a fun fantasy football season. Definitely. And you know, um, so we actually just got through our ninth tip. I, I skipped one actually. Oh yeah. We're not very good at and, we are analysts, but don't we use calculators <laughs> like most so, of the time. So don't hold it against us. Just kind of go in with the overall theme of, of just, having your as much information available to you as possible when you're making your decisions in fantasy football. Um, it's definitely helpful um, to have multiple rankings while up, up while drafting um, having Yahoo and ESPN and ringer rankings is a kind of a fantasy pros. I usually have those four sites pulled up and uh, if I'm making a selection between one guy or another um, I, I could maybe find a value um, in someone in a player. If I see, <laughs> Uh, maybe fantasy pros know something that ESPN doesn't or um, noticing trends between sites like uh, Yahoo, I believe values quarterbacks and tight ends a little bit higher than um, wide receivers with lots of speed, like a Will Fuller, or uh, McCole Hardman. Um, those types of receivers, the, uh, the ones who are the, have a, with the high potential um, low floor who can, who are boomer bust type receivers. Um, the Yahoo typically rates those lower than ESPN does. Mm-hmm. So those types of trends are things to monitor um, while you're drafting. It definitely doesn't hurt to have multiple uh, draft rankings up, mm-hmm. including your own, if you have them available. So right. Hopefully you have your own to pull up against the, whatever site you're using. Cause you know, because most w- websites will have their, um, 
their average draft ranking or maybe the previous year's um, season point total as a suggestion for who to draft next. But like we said, that doesn't take into consideration oftentimes injuries because it takes time to update these websites and have it all flow through. So have your own rankings, do that Google, make sure you're doing your due diligence, minimize your risk. You know, a lot of the themes tie into each other here, but we're going to give you the specific tips to help you win your league. So pull up a couple uh, couple rankings, pull up our rankings. Definitely. Uh, we're going to help you win your league this year. Um, but, but have a mix of opinions and create your, own, uh, your own rankings too. All right. That was our 10 tips to win your fantasy season this year. We're excited for a, a very exciting, uh, <laughs> Coco, the cat making one more appearance before we finish here. Um, I, as I was saying, we're, we're excited for an upcoming 2020 fantasy football season and real NFL season. Um, I love having sports back. It's a little normalcy. It's also kind of crazy. Um, things are different. Things are changing all the time. Information is changing. That's why we're always giving. That's why a lot of our recommendations were kind of be up to date. Know as much information as possible. Really understand um, what's going on in the NFL. And you're definitely going to have a lot of success in fantasy this year. Connor and I are excited to walk you guys through your fantasy years. Definitely continue to listen to us here on Vicious Talk with Benny P. We'll have lots more fantasy football um, advice as well as tons of other topics here on All Things Analysis um, and this podcast here. We're excited to what's uh, what's up and coming. Connor, thank you so much for coming on here tonight. Um, We're we're having a a great kickoff. It was a great kickoff episode, I thought. Um, We're really looking forward to getting this going. Uh, Camp... Can't wait to discuss fantasy football here on a weekly basis with you um, and work on all things analysis together. Um, Connor, what, uh, take us out here. Um, you know, Ben, I, I'm really happy to have joined you here tonight, and I can't wait to record more Vicious Pod with you in the future. Uh, we're so happy to have you under the uh, All Things Analysis umbrella, and, you know, I'm really excited about the amount of talent we have working on the website right now, and we really want to encourage everyone to check out our fantasy football content, as well as all of our other content. You know, we have some awesome tools, some awesome tips, advice on stocks. Uh, we'd love to talk about food, media, music. You know, we're really going to branch out right now. We're, we're kind of in a soft launch phase as we, we build out our staff. But right now, our core content is awesome. We encourage you to check out the website, subscribe, um, and check out our future pods. And Ben, thank you very much for having me on today. Definitely. All right. So don't forget to follow All Things Analysis on Instagram. That's All Things Analysis, all, all one word, A-L-L-T-H-I-N-G-S-A-N-A-L-Y-S-I-S. It's a mouthful. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, all that. All What is it? All that analysis? Twitter, they have, they have a character limit. So we're all that analysis instead of all things analysis. Um, we got a but- Facebook profile. Yeah, we got Facebook, we got LinkedIn. So we're going to be all over the place. You can find us all over social media. We're going to post on social media whenever we have new pods or articles coming out. And if you check out the website right now, um, uh, you'll be able to subscribe to our newsletter. So we'll also push out emails when we have new articles or content for you to check out. Um, So bookmark us, uh, subscribe, and keep listening. Awesome. Looking forward to it, buddy. Thanks so much for... uh recording this with me tonight can't wait for everything that's coming up <laughs> thanks Ben. i appreciate you having on uh, i think it's good a good night, time coco. to sign off my my cat wants some attention at this point <laughs> good night coco <laughs> good little girl. night ben thanks man all right buddy take it easy